Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. I am your host, Michael Brooks. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons, angles, and edges by battle-hardened entrepreneurs and today, doctors, Dr. Andy Neely. Andy, welcome to The Scaling Edge. Thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Glad to be here, Michael. And what Andy does is he takes managers that are made of cookie dough, carves them out of wood, and turns them into leaders. Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to being uh, how you got to be doing this. Well, I'm not sure about the cookie dough into wood. It's always a work in progress. But I've been passionate about turning managers into leaders for a long time now. I think it's a combination of my faith, where I see modeled some excellent servant leadership combined with some bad bosses early in my career that I knew were not just bad bosses. A couple of them were just like bad people, right? Anger management issues and insecurities and stuff and kind of rolled those together and realized. Sorry, when did insecurities and anger issues make you a bad person? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to have fun on this podcast. I can tell already, Michael. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please continue. So I've just been taking a look at what what makes a good leader a good leader. And I realized a lot of managers get promoted into positions of management because of their competence at their job. Nobody really trains them on what it takes to be a leader. And so for the last 20 plus years now, I've been trying to figure out the secret sauce. There's really nothing nothing new on leadership, Michael. Marcus Aurelius and Jesus Christ, and, and it, the whole book was kind of written by about 2,000 years ago. But how do we translate that book into entrepreneurs who have a vision and a passion and are growing their, their organizations? And, and they've got to take the next step to have people come and stay and grow with them. We're definitely delving in a little bit further back than I thought we would. But uh how about Marcus Aurelius? I mean, uh, it sounds like you're a stoic principles type of guy. And then, well, and then honestly, like everybody thinks Marcus Aurelius was so great, but what a terrible father he was. Yeah. I mean, uh, his kid was Joaquin Phoenix, for God's sakes. He <laughs> was like one of the worst emperors in, in Roman history, which is yeah. kind of weird. And he's like lauded as one of the greatest uh, business ethics philosophers ever, but he did a terrible job with his preparing his son exactly. for power. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's why I a, mentioned it. But then you said, so Marcus Aurelius. And I said, well, I mean, he, he said some really good things. But as you said, you know, it was incomplete at at the best, I think. Or maybe people thought that just because it was his son, he could inherit that power without doing the, doing the work. Maybe that was the, the issue. We don't, we don't know. Well, and other than the, and maybe that's the issue with management today is that people inherit positions because of tenure or or other factors but they're not necessarily ready to grab that ring them grabbing the ring you know you can you can be good at your job and and as a result people think you'd be good at the next level but leading a team particularly you know michael in in today's economy where you know staffing issues employee turnover employee retention as an entrepreneur starts to grow their team there's a lot of opportunities out there for the people that they're trying to attack and re- uh, attract and recruit. What do they need to do? Who do they need to be to build a passionate, loyal team? That that's that's the question. That's that is the question. Who do they need to be? That's exactly right. That's exactly that's right. the question. How do they identify yeah. who they need to be? If you're well, an entrepreneur, my- you're asking yourself, who do I need to be? Exactly. Who do I need to be in, to inspire leadership to to be a leader? Yeah. And then yeah. what are the 
functional steps to get there. Well, and, and, you know, as we've grown our small business up to, we'll be about $4 million this year with, with a, a number of retail locations. And then I've been talking to other leaders and managers in my, my consulting practice. There are four things that managers need to work on. We never get it exactly right. Nobody can define leadership, but, but I'm pretty convinced if, if a person who wants to lead well, can bring conviction to the table, vision, passion, have have a high aim look, get their eyes up, be smart about the business and be smart about the future. I call it the, the conviction component. We're going to talk about the four leadership necessities. This is the first necessity. They got to get their eyes up. They're no longer in charge of themselves. They're in charge of the organization's future, whatever level they're responsible for that. Secondly, they've got to have a degree of leadership competence, execution. And this is a different execution than a frontline person's execution. This is being able to manage risk, being able to make the hard decisions, understanding cost benefit analysis. There's a level of expertise that comes into being a leader that is different than just sitting at your desk or doing your job. So conviction, competence. The third one, Michael, is the character issue. And that takes us back to stoicism. That takes us back to Jesus Christ. I'm absolutely convinced long-term, you'll never be a better leader than you are a person. And this also takes me back to Jerry, one of my early bosses, I was working on a construction crew. We were going from job site to job site. Jerry had an anger management issue. I don't even know what was going on inside, but he was driving the Ford F-350 to the next job site. I'm sitting in the oh, passenger that's your problem seat. right there. That's it. Have well, that issue the paperwork if it was together. a Chevy, if it was a Chevy, oh, it would have been just fine. All I know is Jerry grabbed the stapler out of my hand, proceeded to open it up and whack me on the leg four times, driving staples into my leg. And I was just a 17-year-old high school kid trying to make my way he through life. He made me switch to a Honda. My God. <laughs> That's fucking horrible. All I know is Jerry wasn't just a bad boss. He, at some level, Jerry, Jerry had some bad character traits that disqualified him from leading a team long-term. Wait, wait, like he that. took a stapler and stapled you? Yeah, boss, stapled me in my leg. Back. And why did you know, he do that? You know, I mean, to this day, you and you and I probably need to hunt Jerry down and have him on this podcast to figure out what was going on. This was decades ago, so I don't I mean, know. I get, but, I get being angry. I get losing it yeah. every now and again. But like that's that's terrible. So yeah. so that's that character piece, right? And we've seen, gosh, in the news, some moral failures that immediately disqualify people from being in a position of authority. That character piece. The the four fundamentals, fourth fundamental, Michael, I, I struggled with getting my hands around it. I called it communication. I called it conviction. I called it caring. Here, here's what I see. Guys like you, Michael, who are growing teams around them, there is both a a formal relationship you have with your employee or with your contractor, but there's also a personal relationship. In fact, there's an old word that really fits in here. It's the it's the word covenant. Here in the state of Texas, where I live, if you're going to get married, you enter into a marriage covenant. And what that means is you're going to stand up in front of somebody and and love and affection, and I do, and we're going to live happily ever after. There's that whole personal side. You also signed a document that gets recorded at the Secretary of State's office. There's both the personal and the formal side of things. And Michael, I suspect some of your listeners, they've extended personal time off for another three weeks for one of their key employees beyond 
the policies they had in place because that's what that person needed, right? Some of the yeah. other folks that are listening in, they, they've they had those hard conversations with people that were friends that worked for them, but needed to have a hard conversation. The balance of formal and personal relationship. Every manager that is becoming a good leader is working at finding that balance. So conviction, competence, character, and covenant. And here's the thing, Michael, I, I, I'm convinced, I'm not sure anybody ever gets leadership right, but if a manager is working on those four things in their daily efforts as they grow their organization, as they grow their division, as they grow their their small business, if they're working on those four things, they can look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm working at becoming a high-performing leader and not just a manager. So how do they work on those four things? How do they be better at character? What was the first one? Conviction, competence, character, and covenant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like if I need to go, you know, get rid of my gut, I know what I have to do. I don't like to do it, (laughs) but I know what needs to be done. What what do I have to do to, to build in those four quadrants? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I've got the full answer for any of those, but I will tell you, there's some fundamental things. The conviction piece is really the, the strategy piece. And what that means for some of your listeners is what they've been good at is not enough anymore. They need to read a P and L. They need to understand how to look at a balance sheet. They need to know how to do strategic planning 18 months and three years out. It is not enough for them to simply sit and do what they've been doing. They've got to see how they can scale their business now. And that requires a degree of business acumen and requires a degree of business strategy. And so when they get better at that, they're growing in the area of what I call conviction, really strategy or or you know future awareness. The second one, the competence one, Michael, the, the real issue for a manager who's becoming a leader is this ability to understand risk better and better. If you're a frontline worker, even if you're a frontline manager, you're looking down. You're basically looking down to say, is this project on time? Do we have the resources we need? If you're becoming a leader, you're also looking up and saying, what's the environment around us? What hard decisions do I need to make today so that we're viable tomorrow? That whole ability to make difficult decisions and manage risk are a couple of the key competencies of an emerging leader. The character one, Michael, I mean, you and I could you know, that's that gut check. That's that. Am I fair? Am I honest? Am I other oriented? Am I putting, that's, you know, that's the leaders- that if you don't, if you don't have it, you can't be it. Yeah. 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 Now the good news is, you know, we, we can forgive ourselves every morning and start over and tr- work to become the person that we want to be. None of us will ever, ever be there, but the whole concept of servant leadership that Robert Greenleaf wrote about 25 years ago and understanding leaders mean in some respects, you're at the bottom of the pyramid pyramid and not the top of the pyramid. That's that character piece, I right? With that. Yeah. And then, and then the covenant piece that, that really is recognizing anytime I have somebody join my team, they didn't just become obligated to me. I became obligated to them and I've yes. got to have their best interest in mind. So if Dan were here, he, he preaches uh marriage is, is not 50, 50, it's 100, 100. Exactly. And right. Same way it is with, with, uh, with obligations. Every, yeah. People are obligated to each other. Not one yeah. is obligated to the other. Yeah. That's what makes great organizations. Yeah. That's what makes yeah. great. I, I would say that's, that those four things you mentioned really make culture, right? That's so right. That's exactly how, right. If, if how a are we going to make Max a leader so he can just lead himself? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, he doesn't have to inspire anybody else. Just inspire himself. How do we get Max there? Max? <laughs> well, Max has got to work on those four oh, yeah. things. <laughs> All right. So how do we go about working on those four things? Yeah. So we've got, yeah. look, learn to learn to read a p and If you're an entrepreneur like me, you don't like looking at that type of stuff at all so dig into the things that you don't enjoy it sounds yeah, like exactly right well in developing some acumen developing some understanding even though you may not enjoy a pnl a pnl needs to become your friend because a pnl and a balance sheet in some respects forecasts the future for you are we going to be able to rinse and repeat will we still be here next quarter will we still be here next month if we grow to the point where we're talking to banks and financial organizations, are they going to be happy with the story we can tell? That takes some work. That's not just you having a great idea. That's you disciplining yourself to figure out how do I translate that great idea into a long-term game. So, Andy, who have you who have you done this with? Who have you employed these practices with? How did that go about? And how like what's what's your best case scenario? Who was your water cookie dough that you carved out of wood so first and foremost me we've we my wife and i have grown a series of small retail businesses here in central texas we own indoor year-round swim schools totally different than my leadership consulting practice but over the last 10 years a thing we started in a bedroom upstairs and a bunch of hotel swimming pools that we contracted with them to use their pools during the summers has grown into a $3.5 million business with 125 employees in five indoor locations across Central Texas. So, and I've got managers that have been with me who came as a 17-year-old swim instructor and 10 years later, they're managing a $800,000 business. So, so that's, I mean, you're living it. That's pretty amazing. So you have, yeah. a, you have a, a bunch of swim schools. You have a, yeah. a swim school system. Yep, yep, yep. Business. Yeah. So and you just, like I would have never thought you just go rent a hotel pool and teach people how to swim. That was the beginning. Today, we've got 6000 square foot indoor facilities with a 60 by 30 foot pool divided into 14 teaching zones. There's all a the math behind it. It's part of a franchise largest network of global franchise swim schools in the world. My best friend is the founder of the entire movement. We brought it to Texas 13 years ago. And I and I think, Michael, the thing that it has taught me is these principles work, but you have to work these principles. I've made so many mistakes and and not fired people that I should have fired, fired people too soon that I shouldn't have fired. I mean, I, I think any any manager who believes they're in the process of becoming a leader, they've they've got the bruises to show for it because have this you is, ever stapled anybody? I've never <laughs> stapled anybody. <laughs> I have. I have, but it was in Las Vegas. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was part of Max, a Max, you may need show. to edit this podcast, Max. <laughs> it was part of a magic show thing, but uh, but I did uh, end uh, up stapling stapling uh, somebody. And then the other story. the other half of that is is I've worked globally. I've got five million frequent flyer miles, but Max that uh, or David, the best work I get to do is when I work with um, small and medium businesses, and I seem to have a specialty in in the trades and in manufacturing. And I think the reason I do is because the folks that are in leadership positions in these types of businesses, they're they're not Harvard students. They, they don't have their MBA. They're they're Chuck in a truck. They're Dan with a van who 25 years later has a, a $7 million business in the HVAC space. They never took any formal leadership training, but they know that they're fighting for talent. They know that they've got to be smart. They know that it's highly competitive. These are entrepreneurs who are growing their business. And I've been able to help a number of them, again, lower employee turnover, increase retention, 
improve customer satisfaction scores because all of a sudden there's a consistent team that's serving their their customers and their clients. So I think my best day is when I get to work with a small business owner. Somebody's a small business owner, an entrepreneur, hearing what you're saying, they want to work with you. How do you work with them? What's the process if they said, oh, wow, I want to work with this. I want to work with Dr. Andy here. Yeah. Well, typically I, I engage in a year long engagement with my clients that that is based on a series of workshops and some online self-assessments and some one-on-one coaching. We call it the manager's ascent. And it really begins with a half day or a day together, laying out these four leadership necessities and what they are and how we can develop in them. I've got some case studies we look at together. I partner with the Wiley organization out of Minneapolis and use the work of leaders disc online self-assessment. So people get a measurement of themselves and we dive deeply into that. We do some one-on-one coaching on where are you strong and where could you be better? Uh, I've got some some self-measurement should not be overlooked. What gets measured gets better. If you're not measuring yourself, if you're not measuring what you're doing, then you're not, you're not improving. Yeah. That's and not, then Mike, like, I mean, I get down into the trenches. I'll teach people how to read a PL and how to read a balance sheet so that they know what they should be looking at as they're protecting the financial integrity of their business. So it's it's what does the client need to grow? I've been thinking about this stuff for 25 years. So partly I've got a, a refined program, but it's partly let's sit down and figure out where you're at and where you need to be so that so that you'll bring the best you to the table. Well, I think that's wonderful. And I think there's there's definitely somebody out there that that could use your help that is hearing what you're saying and and, and wants to wants to follow in your footsteps footsteps. Dr. Andy, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they find you? So two ways, neelyleadership.com, my website. And as you know, the only tricky thing, my last name is spelled a little differently than it looks like it should be. N-E-I-L-L-I-E, neelyleadership.com. Or the other thing is, Michael, there, uh, you know, the, the heart of good leadership oftentimes is found in the conversations we have with one another. I've got a, an eight page ebook at leadershipmaterials.com that anybody can download. They'll give me their email address and that way we'll be able to be in contact with one another. I, I blog regularly. They'll start getting some of my thinking. Leadershipmaterials.com and there's an eight page ebook on the three imperative leadership conversations. We will throw that in the show notes, leadershipmaterials.com, leadershipmaterials.com, free ebook. Talk to Dr. Andy, uh, some good insight, some good, I would say, pillars or barriers to, to understand that you're, you're where you're playing in and, and ways to measure and check yourself is to follow those four things. Four leadership uh, necessities. For leadership, we've got conviction, You're competence, get it. You're competence, character, and covenant. Covenant. Uh, you're a quick study, Michael. I, I, I may have given you the language, but I think you've thought about all four of these things on your own ahead of time, probably. Well, I've I've made a lot of mistakes also, and and it's uh the the covenant one, uh, or I would say the character one brought me back to when I was dating a long time ago and it was a uh, partying and not really caring that much. And then I, I was just like, I had a deep, empty, meaningless kind of feeling. And it's like, why? And I never really had any serious, serious girlfriend. I was in my early twenties. and I'm like, Why would anyone want to date? I was, I was in my mid twenties. Then I was like, am I really somebody that a girl would, that the type of girl I would want would look at yeah. and want to be with. And I was looking at a lot of the things. I had some success. I had some whatever. I was in decent shape, had a nice car, but I was like, this is, but like, look at all the other places where I'm failing. 
So I made some big changes in my life. And then I got, uh, I ended up um, almost immediately attracting uh, a really nice girl. And, uh, yeah. and that went on for, for a long time. And I, and I think the same principle applies in business. It's yeah. like, why would a client want to work with you? Why would somebody as beautiful and special and wonderful as Max want to be a team member of, of your organization? Why, why would, why would, why would people want to be in your orbit and be in a, be in a covenant with you if you're, if you're not really standing in your own character for them. So to me, that one shines and that one stands out above all of it. I mean, I think there's plenty of uh, incompetent uh, people out there making lots of money. I do believe that, uh, I, I do believe that good people can make a bad thing work, but bad people can't make anything work. For a long term, long term, I agree. And that's why I, you know, I said 20 minutes ago, you'll never be a better leader than you are a person long term. And I think what you just said, you'll never be a better husband then you are a person. You'll never be a better father than you are a person. You'll never be a better friend and you'll never be a better community member. I mean, this these leadership lessons are really life lessons, aren't they? It sounds like you've learned some of them. I've learned some of them to the degree that either one of us can help other people. It's tremendously satisfying. Well, Andy, thank you for being a part of the Scaling Edge. Thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. We uh, look forward to seeing you soon and cheers. All right. Best wishes. Thank you.